Welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I'm Jim Jam. And I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, we're doing something different today. Uh, because, so, usually we will talk about a piece of music, uh, you know, if we're doing a review or some sort of, like, you know, album dare or, you know, what have you. Uh, but, you know, most of the time we're, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say surface level, but we talk about the album as a whole. We don't really dive particularly into uh anything super deep on like a track by track basis just because um i think for both of us sometimes such a way you know such a method can be kind of um it it, it kind of can kill the process it can kind of kill like the fun of talking about an album at times yeah and um, i feel like most people don't really have that many albums they can talk yeah, you know, I, I feel like it, it truly is just the the albums you love the most, like the 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 your your top albums of all time, where you you can just say um, you can't you have something to say about every track. Yeah, exactly. But there, there's there's definitely like there is uh, there's content, you know, as opposed to uh, you know just kind of rifling around for something to say on one particular thing, uh, which so you know. Given what Scott just said, we are uh, we we both have number of albums that kind of fit that you know mark a little bit, and so we chose two, uh, one each, and we are talking about them in depth, track by track. And um, for me, th- th- this was uh, a really fun uh, experience because I did not like. So I mean, we're, we're talking about first of all about uh, Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats, which. I guess it's one of their, and you correct me, but like one of their earlier albums with like, that's like more than just John Darnielle on uh, like a stereo, on like a boom box. It's actually the, uh, so in the early days of the Mountain Goats, he periodically would have like a guest vocalist or a guest bassist or something, but mm. no, nothing, nothing to the extent of what you hear on Tallahassee. This was their first record on 4AD, uh, which is, you know, I guess a, I mean, some people say that his major label debut, but 480 is still more of an indie label in a sense. Um, I mean, it's yeah, it, yeah. I, I feel like still, it, it's more, it's more it, well it known probably, than the. It, well, it, it reminds me of a label like Warp, in a yeah. way that that it's like it's had such a huge impact culturally that like, I feel like calling it an indie label, almost doesn't do it justice. But like by technical definition, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, in any sense, it was much larger than the the smaller labels that he'd released on, and yeah, it's, it's the first, um, it's the first album where it felt like he had a band there. You know, in the past, mm-hmm. it was you know maybe there was a bass in the background, but you know, still a short acoustic track primarily. Maybe there was an extra vocalist, but this, you know, there's noticeable percussion, noticeable instrumentation. The production quality is is vastly um, <laughs> well. I mean. You could say improved, but there are a lot of Mountain Goats purists that still swear by the the lo-fi. Uh, you know, the whole debate about just because it's a lower quality recording, does that mean it sounds bad or whatnot? Is it trying to yeah. do what it's supposed to do? Uh, it's something you hear in black metal a lot. Uh, I think there's a way to get across that, you know, kind of um, more organic, lower budget production without truly sounding bad. <laughs> you know, again, yeah. I, I think, you know, 
black metal black metal struggles with that a lot and then i think folk can too folk worship is very you know some of the early earliest mountain goats recordings are pretty rough you know i mean like it's just one of those things that it's so situational like there are times it works really well i mean you know a crow looked at me even though i haven't even listened to that whole album because i probably couldn't take listening to that whole album to be honest uh already depressed enough as it is don't need any more (laughs) of that um but anyway um we're talking about Tallahassee by the Mountain Ghosts, and as I said before, we kind of went on this excursion. Uh, this is my first time really sitting down and listening to the Mountain Goats in any serious capacity. Um, I think my the only time before this that I've actually listened to them was uh, I think the lead single off of Getting Into Knives, uh, because you just I, I think you just texted it to me when it got announced, and I was like, you know what, like fuck it, let's do it. Um, you know, it was fine, but, um, yeah, I, I, so yeah, no, it's, I, I think before we go to just dive into the track listing, I just want to say I enjoyed this a lot. Um, like a lot. I, I, I was actually surprised how much I like this. Um, I'm not going to say like it's to the level of like the next album we're going to talk about for me, mm-hmm. but like there's room to grow and there's just a lot to like about it. And I, I'm kind of perplexed why I like it at times because <laughs> like even on paper it's like this shouldn't be something that I enjoy but it's like damn it John Darnell just makes he, he's just a charming son of a bitch you know <laughs> yeah so. and th- this was actually the second yeah I'm trying to think of the order I bought yeah I, I bought the sunset tree first it yeah. has you know I'm, I am gonna make it through this year, which is probably one of their more well-known songs. It's a lot more of a probably more on the indie folk end of the spectrum, a lot more um, listener-friendly tracks. Uh, but a lot of people say Tallahassee is his best post you know, solo Mountain Goat, so to speak. Um, and I was always intrigued by it just because uh, it's it's billed as a, a concept album, perhaps. you know, All of his albums typically have some kind of theme, but this yeah. was truly built as, as a concept album through and through, uh, which is interesting because it just doesn't seem like a type of music that would... Maybe it's just because of, you know, where my listening trajectory has taken me, but when I think concept album, I think metal or, you know, prog rock or something. Just for, yeah. that, that's what... Or, like, something like that, but this or, is... Or, or, like, you know, uh, Tommy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, rock opera. Yeah. Um, but after, you know, finally buying this album after really enjoying Sunset Tree... Um, this just, it just enthralled me. I mean, when I first bought this, I, I listened to it almost nonstop just for, you know, several weeks. It, it was <laughs> such an, such an engaging story. But m- more importantly, what I, what I love about this album so much is every song tells its own story. Every song can mm. easily stand on its own. The lyrics, you know, you get a snapshot of this specific you know the specific narrative from each song but once you listen to them in sequence it just it becomes so much richer so much more detailed so the basic tldr version of this is couple moves down to a plantation home tallahassee marriage is not going well um and they are just trying whatever they can get away and salvage their relationship uh does not go well yeah Uh, actually (laughs) go actually goes pretty poorly um yes and just the track list tells you know they're you know the disintegration of their relationship, 
the ups and the downs, trials and tribulations, devolving to alcoholism, and you know, finally at the end, it's just it you know goes up in flames, literally yeah. and figuratively. <laughs> um, and of course, the first track, the t- title track, I've talked about it before in our favorite lyrics segment. Um, I just think musically and instrumentally, it just perfectly sets the tone. Um, yeah, kind of melancholy. definitely. To me, it almost sounds like a, like a melancholic sunrise, like the dawn of a new day, yet without hope, is what I wrote down. I mean, the last, the final lyrics are, you know, there's no deadline, there's no schedule, there's no plan we could fall back on, the road this far can't be retraced, there's no punchline anybody could tack on, there are loose ends by the score, what did I come down here for? You. And of course, it's it's just, why are we even doing this? Yeah. It's just a last-ditch last effort. I, um, I, I love how... Um I, there's, I mean, th- this album is just chock full of, of really interesting like lyrical tidbits. But yeah. uh, my favorite line in this is uh, "prayers to summon the destroying angel." <laughs> yeah, I just, I just love that. Like, I, I love how he's just like, how, like it feels like ninety percent of the time throughout this album, John Darnielle just like keeps things very like colloquial when it comes to like you know sort of the the vocabulary that he uses. Uh, and then yeah. he just pulls out these little nuggets, and, and it's it's great. It's a great little contrast, and that's something I also want to bring up is just contrast and sort of uh, use its usage throughout this album. You know, um, just you know, I it, it's great. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Is he truly does um, like he he has some pop culture references. If this is throughout his throughout the Mountain Goes discography, yeah. but then he'll also like you said, he'll throw in. Uh, he has a whole album. Uh, I think it's called "The Life of the World to Come." Uh, it, it's all based on like scripture. It has a lot more like religious imagery. Mm. Uh, it's not one of my favorites just because I'm not particularly religious, so I can't relate to it in that way. But he definitely has. A, he's very versatile. Song, you know, song or just yeah. writer in general. And I mean, when we come to this song in gen- uh, you know, in particular, I, I really like how you know again this contrast that you know. A lot of his his vocal melodies are very like kind of plain, mm-hmm. but then he will just kind of turn it up very slightly mm-hmm. at like the ends of certain choruses. Like uh, in the final stanza, he kind of like you, you know kind of rises a little bit and he kind of adds some extra flourishes. And I just love that. Like I love how he's just kind of created this atmosphere and then just slightly turned it up. It's like this album just oozes with subtlety. Um, mm-hmm. A, and it, it took me a little while to kind of appreciate that, but I, I really like it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess to, um, you know, I said this kind of felt like the dawn of, you know, dawn of a new day yet without hope. Well, first desperate hour, or first few desperate hours, yeah. feels like a, a sunrise with like an ulterior motive or, or with like a dark underbelly, you know. I, the yeah. Whole, whole idea, at least the imagery for me was, you know, their moving van is dropping off, you know, all their stuff and whatnot and in a way you know even though they're in a new environment you know the idea is to you know kind of almost have a retreat uh still dropping off the the same remnants of their past life you know it's still the same belongings it's the same everything it's just new scenery so i um, I, I i i did i guess i didn't read into it that much um i i just liked i kind of uh there's like kind of like a foreshadowing moment that's uh, in the sun peeks in like a killer through the curtain yeah uh you know and just i i think I, and this is something that I think comes, I, I talk about a lot throughout because I, I took copious notes for this, um, but I, I like how the instrumentation like throughout this album how it kind of rises and falls in complexity, yeah. because like you know the title track is just all acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and it's it's 
it's just like that same riff over and over again. Whereas like, you know, you've got a little bit of a mix up here, the mix, like the bass is a little bit higher, you know, you can, well, I mean, you can actually hear it, uh, you know, and uh, it's, I don't know, I, I, I like that, like, I, I like that growth that like, you're, like, you're not just keeping the concept to the lyrics, you're applying it to the music in these very small ways. I just love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, um, I like how throughout the the music, in a way, um, like there's a very clear contrast. And I don't know why he picked these specific focuses. There's some points where it perfectly complements the theme, you know, the themes, of the lyrics. Other times mm-hmm. where it's almost sarcastic. You know, well, we'll, we'll, yeah, exactly. It's you know, again, contrast. You yeah. know, it's it's you know, sort of taking it's irony you know sort of taking uh the opposite approach to sort of to further emphasize something else exactly and that's gonna you know we'll touch on that a number of times throughout you know as we're talking but this one in particular to me it, it truly it does feel like an uplifting you know start start of a new day yet you know i picked out this line in particular uh and when the cloven hoof prints turn up in the garden yeah when the cloven cloven hoof prints turn up in the garden we keep up the good fight we keep our spirits light but they drop like flies you know it's kind of that they're bringing all their own bloggings they're they're starting a new life but just eventually those same issues those same demons are going to creep up they're staying you know they're still gonna mm. still gonna show you know still gonna still gonna be there and we kind of get into that a little bit more directly on next track southwood plantation road um to me i i love the I'm not sure if that's a guitar or a keyboard, but it's like a buzzing effect. To me, yeah. like to just this just feels like the searing Florida heat, like just yeah, the, the buzz. I, I'm pretty sure it's just you know distorted like electric guitar. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I on the instrumentation, I like you know sort of again sort of these little little flourishes. You know, just that we've got you know again that electric guitar. We've got a little bit of like light percussion. You know, I I just think it's it's just such a nice touch to things. Yeah, and uh, and lyrically, I mean, there are some really great gems here for me. Uh, that it, our conversations are like minefields; no one's found a safe way through one yet. Yeah, uh, exactly. But where at night the stars blow like milk across the sky, um, <laughs> uh, where dead will walk again slash or or put on their Sunday best and mingle with unsuspecting Christian men. I I just like yes. I like I, I love it. Like I just. Especially the last one, sort of like it's a little more um, abstract. Yeah, but I, I I still really like it. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. Yeah, uh, I I I was thinking about this when we were talking about the last track too. Is that whenever we talk about lyrics, whenever we actually like recite lyrics, I feel like we're almost killing the track in a way because yeah, it's like it's our recitation way... is just so deadpan <laughs> in a yeah. way. Yeah. And I guess a great example of that is one of my favorite lines is, uh, like, I'm not going to lose you. We're going to stay married in this house like Louisiana graveyard where nothing <laughs> stays buried. Um, and just, like, the w- the way he says it is, like, we're going to stay married, damn it. Like, almost like he's convincing himself that, like, we're going to fix this, even though they I think they both know this, this is not, like, yeah. this is not working. Um, but, yeah, just the way he, he recites it. And it's... I don't think I've ever seen... I dug into a little bit when I really got into this album. Uh, I think he just created... I think this is just a story he wrote. I don't think this is based in any of his real... I mean, he's ha- happily no. married, married with children, so I, yeah, I hope I, not. I mean, 
he, he does. I was looking into his stuff a little earlier today. I, apparently, like, Sunset Tree is probably, like, that, the that peak is based, of, yeah. like, autobiographical stuff. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, it's uh, about his, his childhood. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I don't think this is based in his real life, this album in particular, which in some ways makes it more... Like, this just, it felt so convincing. Like, the way that he delivers these lyrics, tells the yeah. story, it feels like he is talking, you know, from experience, but I, I truly don't think he is. Um, and the next track, Game Shows Touch Our Lives, I, I really like how, you know, this is a great example of the ebb and flow of the story. This is a moment, and it really introduces their... You know their alcoholism mutual alcoholism is that just kind of a momentary lapse in arguing you know it just introduces their dis- destructive habits which in some ways you know can help bring the good times but it also can exacerbate the bad times oh you know, yeah so, you, know, you know dug up a fifth of hood river gin stuff tastes like medicine but i'll take it it'll do <laughs> on the couch in the living room all day long music on the television playing our song i'm in the mood i'm in the mood for you you know and i handed you a drink of the lovely little thing of which our survival depends that basically just you know, there's 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 no love without you know some kind of assistance, and it, I, I love kind of like the saccharine lovey-dovey tone it takes. This is kind of the moment yeah. where the the music well, actually does complement what he's talking about. It really does. Um, I I I love like I don't know if you noticed this, but there's like these little cymbal rides going on. Yeah. Uh, it, like really really low. Like I I don't even think I heard them the first time around. Uh, but I mean, I was playing like. I was like, you know, balls deep into The Witcher, um, <laughs> playing some Witcher three while listening to this thing the first time. So, um, you know, but uh, I, the, the, what was that line? It was, um, I'm in the mood for you. Uh, yeah. Like, every time I've listened to this album so far, that line really just gets to me, kind of because it just like it feels so fake, and I and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It's just like, like, like the character is just like, <laughs> like it, it's just it's so obvious he's lying to himself, almost because like who in their right minds would word like such a phrase like that, almost, like I don't know it, it just like like again like very hokey, um, you know uh, there there's some really great lyrical moments here too, uh, thunderclouds forming, cream white moon. Um, I think, but maybe everything that falls down eventually rises, mm-hmm. like things like that. But uh, my, my final note here is that uh, and this is just more of a little personal thing, because the whole thing is about I think they're just like getting drunk and watching TV, and um, I I know personally, but in my writing, for some inexplicable reason, I love writing about characters obsessed with game shows. <laughs> So this is just, it just kind of reminded me of just like, oh yeah, I, I do this stupid shit too. It's, it's kind of like for me, like whenever there's nothing, uh, in some ways it's like the perfect lowest common denominator, like just you have, put it in the background, don't have to focus on it at all type of shit. I mean, I know, at least for me, like when Laura and I have nothing, we, we but also in a way it's like aspirational, you know, it's, it's both like it's easy to watch, but it, it can, you know. The, the, that's what I feel like about daytime TV, but like, I, I see... Whenever I write in game shows, like it's always like these people who are like depressed and just obsessed with watching like reruns of Family Feud back when like Richard Dawson would kiss all the women on the show. You know, isn't it amazing how like that wouldn't even come close to being okay? Okay. Oh yeah, no, no. (laughs) 
Because I remember we'd be, we'd be at my grandparents' house and then we, they would you know show reruns on the game show network, and we'd watch yeah. it and be like, even as a kid, I was like. That seems like kind of not, yeah, <laughs> kinda not cool. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just find like I don't know, just to be obsessed with something that, like, I don't know, esoteric and just yeah. bizarre. It's like like that. That's the type of stuff that gets my motor kind of going. Like, yeah. just of like, I don't. Know, it just things work there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, so. but unfortunately for our characters, uh, <laughs> the house that drip blood is very much the hangover. Yes. Uh, it is just a very sinister, like, Jarniel has this very sinister, snarling delivery. It's a very simple, kind of aggressive chord progression on the guitar. And then you have yeah. like, periodically harmonica pierces through that almost adds to that, you know, bluesy. I, I actually wrote down that in that harmonica, simple but cutting. Yeah, uh, ex- exactly. It, and I think also just like the bass is a little higher, you know, uh, like a little more distortion going on in it. And uh, the cellar door is an open throat uh, is a line that I like from my first listen really stuck with me I, I, I think it's just like an awesome awesome line yeah um, especially like the preceding line where he's like still water is going stagnant bodies below like just like the way he delivers that is so um, yeah or, but um, then, root out the wine dark honeyed center yeah like, past the rotting wooden stairs and I think this yeah. really uh it illustrates just how like shitty this house is. It's like yeah. the perfect backdrop for what's going on. But I think my favorite line is, you know, it, there's one line about anything positive, you know, surrounding all like this kind of decrepit falling apart house. It's dig up the laughing photographs. They're here somewhere or other. Just, you know, like the actual good <laughs> memories, the actual, you know, the positive belongings they have. Oh, there's somewhere in here. But the rest of it is like not, <laughs> not especially positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now so, we're on uh, Idols yeah, of the King. The next track, it, it's some great imagery here too. Uh, you know, it's an odd. It's kind of a great example. It's an oddly upbeat track, but it kind of is showing the impending doom. You know, they're just kind of outside shooting clay pigeons. You know, just a fun, wholesome couples activity. You know, shooting stuff. <laughs> um, and it's, I, you know, this is like my favorite song in the entire fucking album, actually. Uh, I I love guitar on this thing. Yeah. Just like I, like he adds like these extra, like little notes to it, and makes them like, like really jazzy chords. And sort of like the way the guitar even sounds, like it has like this I don't know, like I guess kind of like a compression going on, and it just oh, it just oozes. Yeah, I like I love it. Uh, and then like th- those little like I I think they're marimbas going on mm-hmm. uh you know it, it's i and again it's perfect contrast to just you know kind of borderline psychotic behavior <laughs> yeah exactly and i love again with something that persists throughout all of this which you know you know literally figuratively turns up the heat in their relationship is just it, it it's, must be so hot you know like the, the whole cicadas and locusts and the shrieking of a new rule gibbons which is a type of monkey mm. and just like i just yeah. feel all of that noise just cutting through this like thick humid tallahassee heat uh, and then of course how long we ride this wave out how long till someone caves under the pressure um just or, feel uh, it. your eyes twin volcanoes bad ideas dancing around in there yeah uh, ex- exactly it's just yeah. it's such a you know they're just trying to ignore it blow off some steam Shoot some, you know, shoot some stuff, but, um, yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's it's definitely a pre 
precursor for what the song that everyone knows. Yeah. I think th- th- other than this year, I think this is the song everyone knows because it's just such a such an in- insane. I hope I die. I hope, I hope we, we both, both die. die. <laughs> it's such an insanely bitter rebuke, just a just a, like it a, a, a kind of top to bottom takedown. Uh, in a way, it's like a ta- it's obviously a takedown of the other person, but it's just a takedown of their relationship, almost of themselves. Just like this is. Like yeah. this is awful. Like, like just like literally no censor. This is terrible. I hope we, you know. I hope we both die. Um, and obviously the title referencing like it, we like we can't we can't it, bring his, children. His voice is just so like it has such like a hopeful shine to it. Like especially on on no children for some reason to me, it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but. My favorite, obviously, the last line is, you know, like, I'm drowning, there's no sign of land, you're coming down with me, hand in a lovable hand, I hope you die, I hope you both die, just like, yeah. and of course, the, the the title alluding to the fact that, obviously, we don't want to bring children into this, but just, like, we don't have any future, like, this is, um... Huh, yeah, I, like, I never like, thought about it. Yeah, just, like that. just that, like, like this, like, this relationship is, is dying, like, I, like we're, we're, we're gonna fail together, um, it's just, and, and of course, the... I love the, the the piano that opens up into yeah. it and just I, I I I kind of like the rhythm to it. It's kind of tough to describe, but just like sort of the delivery and sort of the cadence that John Darnielle takes in this track, I it just has like this like like fucking pride to it almost. Like it, it, I wrote that just like it, it it's like the husband thinks he knows everything in a way, and he's just so fucking smug about it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly oh that's um, great <laughs> and it, it goes right into um again another exploration of alcoholism on see america right you know i, I just I, I feel like this it is almost a double on or a double meaning here um where uh like i want i want you to know i love you but my love is like a dark crowd dark, dark cloud full of rain uh, that's always right there up that, above. That's funny. I, I wrote down the same line. Yeah, where like I think in some ways he's talking about he was talking to his partner, saying that you know like basically like my love is toxic to you, but then also his, you know, his relationship with alcoholism is you know was toxic just in general. Um, but just I love this song sticks out because it it's probably one of the best songs in terms of of like standing on its own. Like it's this you it's just this unique like mm-hmm. if you didn't know anything about the context of the album it's just a story of a guy like just in an alcoholic days you know trying to get on a bus trying to get away and just like stumbling about you could totally picture yeah that, that it, guy it's it's probably it's definitely like the most distinct track off of the entire thing just because of kind of like the production on the track mm-hmm. and just how it just it has like this drive to it as opposed to like everything else is a little more like relaxed even yeah. if it's saying something awful um mm-hmm. the the title kind of took me for a loop uh but i i i don't know i found it i ended up kind of interpreting it as like seeing america like like because you know he's going you know he's taking a greyhound so he's going around seeing america but seeing america right is to see it while intoxicated yeah yeah okay. that, that, that's so, a that, that's yeah. what i i because see like the word right and America uh, have different meanings nowadays. Yeah. So I wasn't sure true. where if John Darnier was going to kind of, you know, go on like a little like, you know, political bender for a track or not. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. 
Um, uh, uh, the, the next track, Peacocks. Uh, I like this song. I think it's pleasant to listen to. Uh, it doesn't yeah. give me as much. I, th- I think the main takeaway. I mean, there aren't a ton of lyrics, but I think just the line. There's a sharp, you know, then a sharp breeze kicks up. I hug myself hard. How come there's peacocks in the front yard? Uh, like yeah. to me, it was just you know they spent all their their time either you know having drunken you know you know makeup sex or just like arguing or just you know all this all this time together you know digging into their toxic relationship and like it's just one moment you know alone in this the sunrise and I think that the subtle the subtlety of that line how come there's peacocks in the front yard like I feel like if you had peacocks in your front yard it'd be pretty noticeable but just like yeah. just like how wrapped up in their own little world they are that they couldn't even you know that's not something they would see See, um, I, I kind of viewed it, the song a little differently. I mean, it's okay. I, I, I like how it's a really kind of like a, it feels like a deep cut in the album in a way. Like it doesn't, like, I don't know, like I think if you were just listening to this album for the hits, I feel like you would probably like fast forward here. Yeah. Like, just skip this track. But it's it's a really great track. I love it. Um, I mean, I, I love every track on this thing, really. But um, I, I really like sort of the contrast between this and and uh see america right is mm-hmm. sort of that it's back to gentle again um uh, but i i kind of read the song as like kind of this wistfulness in a way yeah that like he was like he's looking at the peacocks and like wishing that kind of like he was them in, in a way that like because he just you know the the opening lyrics are describing like how beautiful these birds are and and i just like it it feels like the title track almost that he's like you know, uh, like, I wish this could be us in a way. Like, I wish mm-hmm. we could be as beautiful as this, almost. Oh, that, I um, like that. That's a good interpretation. I like that. Yeah. I and then um, uh, the line, uh, "The sky will fall, we will rise." I I really liked that. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then uh, the less beautiful uh, international small arms <laughs> traffic blues. Uh, I feel like this. Like, this to me sounds like, you know, when you're like, honey, I wrote a song for you for our anniversary. Like, just the way that he delivers it is just like, like simple chords. And then you're just like, you're just singing like an ode to your, your loved one. But of course, in this relationship, it's just all like backwards, yeah, backwards compliments, if like at best. And it's really just like toxic, you know, like I, I our love is like the the border between Greece and Albania. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the most random and then you know, I love there's a shortage in the blood supply, there's no shortage of blood. Obviously the, just just that like there's a shortage That's another in, line that, that I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, there's yeah. obviously a shortage in like the supplies, like like in the stuff that can help replenish our, our healthy relationship, but no shortage in uh um <laughs> And the blood being spilled. No shortage of yeah. like a bloodbath between each of us. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a. It's it, it's a simple it's, simple instrumental, but the, the lyrics I think it's just a, a pivotal point of the, the story. The instrumental is really simple, but there's this really nice little lick after some of the lines yeah. in this that I really like. It's such a nice touch. Absolutely. Uh, it, I described it as like wandering almost, um, almost like he's like looking for more horrible things to say <laughs> yes absolutely that, that's uh-huh. a great way to put it um yeah. have to explode is uh probably a little self-explanatory i mean basically it's just it's, yeah. it's two two drunks babbling on the bathroom floor next to each other it, uh it, it's kind of it's one of the few i think just genuinely sad just like just really sad yeah. dark song like there's some songs with you know there's some dark humor or whatever this one is just 
Like I love that I speak in spoke signals, you answer in code. Fuse will have to run out sometimes. Something here will eventually have to explode. You know, the idea that like they're both speaking in nonsense, but it's almost nonsense that they, they're not even speaking the same language of nonsense. Um, and just that, you know, you and me lying on the tile floor, trying to keep cool, restless all night, sweating out the poison as the temperatures climb. It's I, just, both of those lines I wrote down too. Because it's just it's such, yeah. and then of course it caps off with uh, name one thing about us to anyone could love. Just just how, again, like they, they can't stand each other, but they kind of can't stand themselves, themselves at the same time. Like they just, they realize that like this is a terrible, it's not just a terrible relationship, you know, collectively it's just it's two terrible people in a relationship yeah um i uh i, I think also uh what was i just gonna, oh, i think just the phrase that like something here will have to explode yeah. i don't know it's it, sort of the delivery of that line it's just oh it's such a sad line just like i can't just wistful as fuck <laughs> exactly but in a way it kind of leads into the next track and something i like about um, the album is it just it, it, it's I mean usually it's just different flavors of bad or different flavors of um, you know toxic you know sometimes it's sar- sarcastic sometimes it's truly dark but then the old college try is kind of the you know in any tough relationship there's always a positive jump up and you know, mm. musically I love the um, love the organ I love yeah. like, I like how that feeds in the track I, I think there's like a Fender Rhodes in the chorus as well yeah like the, the, there's definitely some other you know uh keyboard going on exactly uh, um, yeah fantastic and uh, i i can feel it in the rotten air tonight is it's just an awesome lyric. exactly and then obviously i mean again there's some sarcasm here too we're like you know in the way those eyes i've always loved illuminate this place like a trash can fire in a prison cell like the searchlights in the parking lots of hell you know again it's just like not not really i wouldn't try those lines out on your wife as i'd say i don't think that's yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's super. But then, of course, the central line. But I will walk down to the end with you if you'll come all the way down with me. It's just that they they know that they're kind of all they have. This is it, and just you know, even if it's not going to work out, they're they're in this together. You know, it's it's an oddly. I mean, it's a depressing embrace of reality, but at least it's you know, there's some kind of <laughs> there's some yeah. kind of um, there's like an acknowledgement of the reality almost exactly yeah yeah and then you know we get towards the the last two tracks uh oceanographer's choice is it, it's a bit of a almost like a driving rock song you know, it's, yeah it's a, i think it's it kind of sounds like another incendiary fight you know another you know really again like the the references to tv come back like just the, you know, the wasting away the day and the heat um but again I love the, the central you know what will i do when i don't have you to hold on to in the dark you know they're fighting each other but just you know they almost they they can't live with each other can't live with with without each other and that's kind of the central the central conflict is that yeah. they just they kind of like they're they're perfect for each other and that's kind of the problem yeah <laughs> they, they, you, they, you, no, you no. throw you throw the attic window open and i show myself all around you and night comes to tallahassee yeah yeah uh i also like i think instrumentally like i i really like just again the, like the little touches here that like this is probably the most instrumentally rich track in the entire album. Just that there's there's so much like sound going on within just this one track, mm-hmm. uh, which again it isn't meant to be like directory towards the other tracks. It's just it, it's a cool change up, uh, and also just sort of that like the bass is distorted here, but the guitar like isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I just think that's really cool, and then. Um, I don't know if you could hear this, but there's kind of a guitar solo at the end. 
I, I think it is. And it, it kind of reminds me, and this is a really, really weird comparison, but it reminds me of the of the solo from uh, Gimme Shelter, the, uh, the Rolling Stones song. Uh, because it's just like this, like similar to that solo, it's it just feels like messy and kind of distorted. And it's like in this weird place in the mix. Um, it, it's it's awesome. So Yeah, I, I love that it's kind of like that last, it's a last burst of energy, a last, you know, there are a ton of, uh, I guess we consider like folk rock or like rock oriented songs in the album, but this is definitely one of the more like obvious, energetic, um, yeah. you know, truly one of the songs like, wow, like he has a whole band on this, or at least, you know, instrumentation as if there was a full band. Because I think he did record some of the I think it, I think he had some of his, you know, current collaborators on this. But in any case, yeah. we're at the end, Alpha Rat's Nest, and I really like the way he approaches this. And I, I have to admit, I didn't. I didn't quite get what happened on the first time I listened, but the more you listen, you realize that um, it's a spoiler alert. Although I mean, this album's been out for almost twenty years, so you know, <laughs> um, you know, he's kind of telling the us, the listener, what's happening in like a dreamlike state. Um, you know, vying, kind of vying for it all to end. You know, kind of you, it, you know hoping for the end you know oh sing 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 for the dying of the day sing for the flames that will rip through here and the smoke that will carry us away and it's again it's a like a happy little upbeat you know yeah. dancey you know folksy ditty um the house is actually on fire though <laughs> like they are actually they're actually being burnt out actually being you know smoke that is being carried away and it's kind of a a fitting but tragic end to everything that's happened and again i just i love again it's the perfect encapsulation of just how this this album progressed is that there's a lot of moments where the, the, the music's almost almost ironic <laughs> you know it's just like yeah. this happy like sing 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 like you know like we're, we're finally gonna um <laughs> we're finally gonna just be over this and then you know lo and behold his dreams come true in a perverse dark way <laughs> yeah yeah it's um I, I just want to shout out the line it's uh, we do our best vampire routines as we suck the dying hours dry love that yes. uh yeah i i mean i yeah i really enjoy i i enjoy this album a lot you know it's so much more than i expected to um, yeah me, me too i was almost afraid because this is one of my favorite albums and you know to, to no fault of your own i figured since folk isn't really your thing you just really would not enjoy this so i was pleasantly surprised i, I, I don't know if it's that folk isn't my thing it's more like indie folk isn't really my thing yeah okay. uh, but i i feel like and my, my biggest issue with indie folk, and I, I'm just going to keep this short, it's just that I feel like there's not, like, it just feels very homogenous mm-hmm. and kind of derivative. Um, just because it, I feel like it's just been done so much. Like, it, it's sort of like, like alt hip hop, like we were talking about last week, that it's just like, it, it's like become its own thing now, and it's just, there's no energy in it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this album does a great job of, like, you know, it, it has. A distinct voice it has an identity that doesn't feel like it's just another indie folk album so yeah absolutely i think that that's one of the things that has made the mountain goats my i guess i'm comfortable saying my favorite band it's just i feel like they take a really unique approach to to folk the you know different yeah. different instrumentation they switch up their songwriting a lot but above all just john darnell's songwriting is just really I love his writing. I actually just started 
um, his second book. I, I think you, I talked about Wolf and White Van a while. I, I was actually thinking about buying Universal Harvester like last week. Uh, yeah, so like, I just finished really the funny. last book I was reading, and, and I've had this on my shelf for a little bit, and I, I'm excited to read it because Wolf and White Van is really, really good. And I've, I've heard basically everyone who's read both has said that Universal Harvester, his second book, is, is even better. So I'm really excited yeah, to I, give it Wolf a and White, White Van, I think you turned me on to that a little more because I wasn't really interested in it first when I knew about it but Universal Harvester is like really interested in me because it's it's basically the David Lynch movie Lost Highway but like written by John Darnielle almost That's or at least like parts of it interesting um, I mean like I'm definitely looking forward to, to starting yeah. it uh, anyway so we're gonna move over to my one of my favorite albums ever like yes we are easily, probably I, I would say like a top five album of all time for me uh and that's lungs by florence and the machine and uh kind of kind of we're taking two different paths here because i think you know like i don't know tallahassee was like i don't know there's kind of an earnestness in sort of the you know indie capacity of it whereas this like i think you could you could make a pretty fair judgment in saying that this is kind of corporatized this is a like a very uh like heavily produced album in a way um but frankly i I don't give a fuck so (laughs) because it is just full of some of my favorite music ever so uh we're just gonna get into it uh dog days are over is the opening i think it's one of the best opening tracks ever just in terms of like that kind of how it just kind of creeps up on you it kind of just grows and until like just that awesome solo and um the, this is going to be a common theme uh, throughout this entire album, but there's always like kind of like a central rhythm going on that Florence Welch kind of always emphasizes, and in here it's you can really hear it in the chorus in that like you know, ch ch ch, yeah. Um, yeah I it's it's such like just a feel good song for me. Um, yeah, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, and it's both this one and um, Howl. Just checking my notes. Uh, there were two songs in here that just, like, when I think of Florence and the Machine, this is what I think. This mm-hmm. type of sound is. Uh, I mean, I, what I love about Florence and the Machine, and I'm kind of kicking myself how many times, there's been a few times I've hold, held lungs in my hand. Uh, the album, not literally. That would be, be <laughs> terrifying. Uh, but I've, you know, had the album in my hand and been like, yeah, you know, like, for whatever reason, like, there was something, like, the rest of my, the CDs or whatever haul I had, I was like, I'm, you know, going to prioritize these. And I just kicked myself because this was a really, really fun listen. And yeah. even though I've heard Dog Days are over a ton of, you know, ton of times, just like everyone else yeah. did. I mean, this is just, you know, quintessential late 2000s, early 2010s indie. Just, you know, like the, that trend that that I'm kind of sad went away where like it's chamber inspired in the sense that like they, they subtly incorporate a you know, number of it's- other kind of like like a broke pop yeah exactly incorporated but incorporated a way that it's still um you know still stands on its own as as indie track it's not totally like definitely personally like i think vampire weekend does this really well too in a different way is that just it feels like a rock track but there's all these interesting baroque elements uh Mm. and i think right off the bat this song solidified you know what is reinforced about the entire album is that florence can sing the hell out of anything like really just it's crazy how there's so much variety on this album but her voice just is always front and center like her and she always finds a way to sing 
that's different and fits the track, but is still yeah. the focal point. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that uh, later when we talk about uh, Girl with One Eye. But um, yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, the, uh, the when she delivers uh, the track, the lyric is uh, like a bullet in the back. So it's after the first chorus in the second verse. Um, it just I get shivers whenever I hear that like delivery because it's just like there's so much fucking power in it, but it's like it's very just controlled. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I I will say I think ahead of time for anybody kind of wondering what the fuck's going on, I tend to not listen for lyrics as much, um, and I think given that Tallahassee is a concept album or of sorts, you know, I think there's a little more to go on. Whereas here, like, I there there are some really awesome lyric like lyrical moments, but they're definitely um, I'm not paying attention to them as much. In this context, I I personally just I love the music. I love the performance of just yeah. this entire album. So. Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple like a couple of tracks that it really really stuck out to me lyrically, but mainly I was just focused on the the music being yeah. my first first it, listen through. Though I I do suggest people check out the lyrics because there are some really cool lines that that do pop up. But you know, for the most part, it's it, you know it's kind of like a lo- lot of love songs. So, some of them are a little different than others. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but, but uh, I will so, say, not to totally sleep with that, but the, the first song I had to write down lyrics for, because I had to yeah. make sure I got it word for word, Rabbit Heart, Raise It Up, which is yeah. convenient because that is our next track. Um, just, this is a gift that comes with a price. Who is the lamb? And by the way, I, I wrote a comment, British Delivery, because I love the way that she pronounced, yeah. <laughs> who is the lamb, or like, who is the knife? Midas is king, he holds me so tight, it turns me to gold in the sunlight. Just like... The way the way it's delivered, you know, the, yeah. the additional vocals on the track, it's just, oh. I I think a big um, criticism of Florence and the Machine is that like, she kind of relies on these really epic choruses and like these epic songs, and I I know that's something Fantano always brings up whenever he reviews her music, and. I just can't see how that's a criticism, <laughs> frankly. I mean, I like I just I don't think that she leans on it. Like I feel like she's able to craft them very well, and I think this is possibly uh, the best example of it in, in, in Rabbit Heart. Um, I also just love throughout, sort of uh, beginning and a lot of mostly like the verses, the little harp that's going on. Mm-hmm. I like it's just it like very nice touch. Uh, you yeah. know. It, it adds like this mysteriousness to it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but then we go to I'm not calling you a liar, which uh, you know, funnily enough, doesn't really have a ton. Doesn't really have like an epic chorus. Um, it, it, it's such a strange song. It, it like I don't know if you felt like this, but the song is really off kilter to me. Like it, like it really relies on like that rhythm, uh, and it just. Like it doesn't have like the same kind of pummeling energy that a lot of the tracks in this album have, and it just it, it works still. Like it 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 it's just much more subtle in its delivery, I guess. Yeah, and I will say that these two tracks were because when I heard "Dog Days Are Over," I'm like, okay, you know, like again, I've heard this song a million yeah. times, <laughs> and I, I was honestly picturing just a, an album full of "Dog Days Are Over," which not that would have been a bad thing, but just like this is what Florence the Machine sounds like. But then Rabbit Heart and I'm Not Calling You a Liar, which I feel like Rabbit Heart was triumphant in its own unique way. And then exactly, I'm Not Calling You a Liar. Um, and again, this is the, I think the third or second of two, of, second of third track, three tracks, uh, I can talk. 
uh, that <laughs> I wrote down lyrics for because I loved the the dark yet you know kind of um, sinister there, love of it. There's a know, ghost I'm, in my mouth. Yeah, there's a ghost in my lungs. It yeah. sighs in my sleep, wraps itself around my tongue as it softly speaks. Then it walks. Then it walks with my legs to fall, to fall, to fall at your feet. And then you know I'm not calling you a ghost. Just stop haunting me. Like I loved the imagery in the song, and I, yeah. I thought it totally complimented, like you said, just kind of like off kilter. Musicianship. I, I love I love the delivery of the lyrics too. You know, I'm not calling you a liar. Yeah. You know, just yeah. It's sort of how she just it's so effortless in the way that that, that she sings. Like it's just incredible. It, um, that, that, that's a I wrote that I don't think I wrote down this track. I wrote it out down somewhere else, or at least I had the thought. It truly does sound like she just is. There's some people where they. It just sounds like sing like they could just sing like no warm yeah. up no no hot tea no nothing nothing to get prepared, um, and, and I think the, the key, um, I'll reference Lake Street Dive even though they approach you know they they don't make the same type of music at all but uh, Rachel Price the lead singer for the, they're kind of like blue eyed soul like you know funk stuff like that okay uh, just in the same way like she and Florence. The verses are almost just as you know enthralling as the the chorus. Obviously, the choruses mm-hmm. are the big show stopping moment. But I just feel like Florence, when she's just is singing, no matter if it's the verse, the chorus, bridge, whatever, it just you're you're entranced. At least for me, like it was just it, it was so oh, yeah. it was such a hook. Like it was a hook, even though it wasn't a hook, even though it wasn't the chorus. And oh yeah, that, that just, it, it gave me the same feeling as. You and, know. and speaking of hooks, I mean the next track, Howl, is probably my favorite chorus in the entire album, mm-hmm. even though it's literally just howl is, yeah. is just the chorus uh but just the again the delivery man like just the power of it and uh th- this is one of my uh little lyric moments that i i always like whenever uh, it's i uh, drag my teeth across your chest and taste your beating heart i just yes. like i love that lyric it's brutal and i yeah I, and i like how and this is uh this shows up a lot in here but just sort of Again, the delivery of these lyrics of just like the cadence of it i guess is what i'm trying to talk about of just like she's able to kind of cram all these words in and it doesn't feel like it's uh, she's like putting too much in like it it all like locks together rhythmically in a really nice way um yeah i i how is just like Oh, God, I, I love this track so much. I mean, yeah. I can say it's about all of them, but... And I, I wrote down the No Big Sweeping Chorus, realized that I didn't get a chance to comment on what he said earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't really understand that criticism. I mean, like, like I I like when choruses are nice. Yeah. Like, I, like, I feel like so yeah, that, it, that, that, that's I mean, a, tr- a traditionally good thing about a song, is when the chorus is memorable and well-written, and I don't know. like that's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's not even like she's relying on it. Like, it's, it's not like it's, like you know like some sort of like trap song where it's like they're relying on the hook for the like as like the centerpiece like there's there's a lot of moving parts that all work really well yeah and i guess i don't even really get that not that we're like accidentally shitting on anthony fantano but like i don't understand (laughs) wouldn't be the first time right (laughs) but like i don't really get the that argument even that leaning on the core i mean it's not like the surrounding music is bad or it doesn't fit i think that's a great point that you brought up like I think of someone like like Fetty Wap, who like you know he had all those like a, like he was a radio darling for a little bit because his choruses were so. Um, or was so e- even even easier example, Soldier Boy, oh whammy whoa. Yeah, exactly. Whammy, but like someone like Soldier Boy or Fetty Wap, if you actually listen to the lyrics, they're 
I mean, it's, it's you almost struggle to call them lyricism in this, the traditional yeah. hip hop. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to be a dick. Like, if you listen to the whole Fetty Wap album, which I did, because I, I like the, <laughs> I like the radio hits. He literally reuses like the exact same, not even just the same motifs. He'll reuse entire lines throughout the entire album. So like that's an example of where like the verses are just, just okay. We're singing the verses until it's time yeah. for the chorus. But I feel like with Florence it's a true combination like it truly yeah. is just it, like her flexing the composition to its logical extension yeah exactly uh, so alright like, we're gonna move on to uh, Kiss with a Fist which strangely enough is actually their debut single um, really? Like the, re- it's like the first track I was reading about this uh, that like they really came into the studio with like, in, like interesting yeah and it's funny because it sounds like nothing, nothing else absolutely on nothing this album. it gave me it's actually funny I, the other week I talked about how I really got into White Stripes because this gave me serious yeah. White Stripes it honestly the cadence at the beginning reminded me of We're Going to Be Friends like yeah, it sounds of. like very very similar to that to me yeah it's it, it, it's a great little track though and um, I've always found the lyrics to be really funny uh, and I, I'm gonna be, be, before people jump on me um, I actually looked into this she actually didn't intend this to be about domestic violence. Um, it's actually like, I, I I guess in her words, it was like, uh, it was about like a couple that she knew who were like in so intensely into each other, and like that was kind of like the only way that she could describe this intenseness of just them just beating the shit out of each other, basically. Um, but I my recent listens with this track, uh, the tr- the lyric, "My black eye casts no shadow." really comes out to me because i just i think that's just such a great line like it's it, like it really like stops you in your tracks and makes you think uh that, but that, that's interesting because i i got the um not like the opposite interpretation of terms of what you said but just i mean in a sense i could see and i almost assumed it was about this domestic violence but like in kind of a fighting back kind of way like i thought yeah like it just to me it felt like she was kind of you know uh like she was kind of giving it, giving it back, and like she was taking, you know, yeah, it, sticking it, it, it to. It it doesn't feel like like complete victimization almost. Like yeah, it, like it, 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 yeah. It feels like there's a little more going on if you're gonna view it in that light. Um, I frankly I didn't view it as she viewed it, but I didn't view it as like domestic violence either. I just kind of, I don't know. I I I kind of think about it as just like, kind of just like a darkly humorous song in a way. Because it's just like, I mean, think of it. It's so ridiculous. It's just, I, I I hit you once, you hit me back. You know, I gave a kick, I gave it, you gave a smack. I sma- You smash a plate over my head, and then I set fire to our bed. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of ridiculous uh, to me. And so, I, I don't know, it's just, I, I think with all of all of these tracks, they're just super endearing. Um, I don't I just really like them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they. I do really like that lyric to the point that like we were considering. I I brought up maybe doing another lyrics episode, and I was actually going to talk about this exact lyric of "My Black Eye Cast No Shadow," because um, I just think it's such a cool line. Um, so, uh, speaking of eyes, though, hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> "Girl with One Eye" is the next track, and it's uh, one of two cover songs that are on this album, which I actually didn't know until I looked it up uh, earlier this week. Um, and so this is actually uh, it's a cover by uh, so of a band called uh, the, the band is called the, the Ludes, um, which 
when you look into the lyrics, it it's it, yeah, kind of, um, kind of gross, kind of a gross song. <laughs> um, especially like they well, if you listen to the original version, it's um, it, it, it's a little more coarse, I guess. Uh, like Florence really like kind of zhuzhes this up and really makes it her own. Yeah, it kind um, of has a sultry, sexy vibe. Yeah, it, except that it's, I, I think it's kind of about rape and, and like, a woman being murdered, um, but... I'm kind of glancing at the lyrics now, yeah, I get that, I get that yeah. vibe. That's, that's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I just looking into it, I'm like, I, how is this about anything else? <laughs> like, um, but, you know, I, I well, I, I don't know, I... Like with, with, I mean, considering just "Kiss with a Fist," I don't know it, it. You know, but then again, this is also a cover. I don't know. Just l- listening to the original track today, I was like, "Yeah, this this seems kind of like this is what the song's about." Yeah. Um, but that being said, I love the bluesiness that she brings to this track. Like it's it's a side of her that you don't really see in any other track here, and just kind of the space that's in this track as well like it just feels a little more empty as opposed mm-hmm. to just adding all these baroque elements together into this massive thing like it, it's it feels a lot more intimate um it, you know except in, until you get to like you know again massive choruses uh near the end mm-hmm. but you know just i actually her her performance in this reminds me a lot of um bjork's cover of um uh, what, what what's that song on on freaking uh post um oh god i can't remember it now it's gonna kill me um i'm looking it up hold on (laughs) it's like um (laughs) dead air dead air scott (laughs) um give me a second it is oh come on (laughs) we're here we go uh it's oh so quiet yeah, uh, just because like there, there's kind of like this, like she'll kind of like I don't know she kind of adds like these little stutters almost yeah. in her delivery. I, I just I really like it. Yeah, so. it, it definitely gave me that sultry, jazzy vibe. Like I, I'm actually yeah. not surprised to not that I've heard the original, but it almost sounded like like a. I guess I'm not surprised it was a cover or like it, it's, yeah, it well, definitely the, stylistically. The, the, the cover is very different. Or okay. the, the original okay. is is it's very different. Like it has like almost like a reggae vibe. Oh, okay. At times, yeah. yeah apparently, it was like this band that I guess Florence used to sing with them at times. So, huh. I've never heard of the Ludes before this, but anyway, um, drumming song is up next. That's an apt and, uh, name. Yeah, I, I don't really have a ton to say about this because it's one of those songs that I just like. I, I I love it, but I don't really go into it a ton. Yeah. Um. Though I. I recently when i was listening to it i kind of i looked at like the first verse as like kind of being annoyed by somebody that like you know whenever you come by there just happens to be like a migraine in my fucking head (laughs) (laughs) but i i don't think it's like that yeah it's but obviously like timing wise this doesn't make sense but this gave me some vegetable cutter kind of vibes especially the song oh yeah heavy balloon it kind of sounded like a mix-up of heavy balloon and like peak 2000s like radio pop and i mean that yeah, like a good that. way like it was interesting how it did had very strong pop sensibilities but just it, it had a driving percussion you don't typically hear in pop and i just i thought well, yeah was... the, the, there's a drumming noise inside your head that starts when i'm around 
It, I swear you could hear it. It, it makes such an almighty sound. <laughs> uh, oh, very yeah. subtle. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, uh, so the title, I, I guess, I don't really know if it counts as a title track, but I kind of count it as uh, Between Two Lungs is yeah. is the next track. Um, I I love, like... I actually would. I actually had the chorus for this as my ringtone for a long time, um, <laughs> strangely enough. But uh, I really love the intro to it. Like it's, like it just kind of has like this playfulness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It just, yeah. It and it starts off so delicately and then just rises and just yeah. Uh, oh, such an amazing track. Yeah, same here. Love, love it. How playful it was, especially like the. The pace of the piano instead of very playful, playful yeah. vibe. Yeah, this is one yeah, of my it, favorites. It, it, it's sort of like playing with the percussion at the beginning, um, and then uh, I I don't know if you notice this, but so there's a um, so there's a bridge between the uh, second chorus and the second verse that's kind of like this instrumental solo almost, mm-hmm. but she kind of sings in it. But I swear every time I've listened to this track that specific part i can never tell whether it's her voice or like a melodica like it's like that um <laughs> like I, it, it takes on such a timbre mm-hmm. and i i mean i'm pretty sure it's it's her voice but it, it's confused me a lot <laughs> over the past few years <laughs> uh just just like a little thing that always comes out to me um probably my favorite track on this entire album is is up next cosmic love um just because i i love the lyrics from this thing and just kind of like it, it's just everything i love about florence the machine is just in this track mm-hmm. you know just fantastic introduction verse chorus and just amazing performance um and the lyrics are just I, a falling star fell from your heart and landed in my eyes <laughs> i just like i i love that line and the uh, the the whole chorus, you know, the stars, the moon, they have all been blown out. You left me in the dark, no dawn, no day. I'm always in this twilight, in the shadow of your heart, you know. And uh, then in the second verse, there's a line that's like, "So darkness, I became." I just like I love it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful track. Yeah, and um, this isn't. I mean, I don't know why it was specifically this track, but I think maybe just because the harp was so prominent. But mm. I feel like. She and Active Child would make one hell of a collab album. Uh, he, I, I don't know who that is. He, uh, like, kind of in the, the How to Dress Well, like, alternative R&B, like, ethereal R&B okay. kind of vein, except he is very, he definitely is kind of almost an opera, like, a really higher register operatic style vocal, um, and he very prominently uses harp. Um I'll send you a track to listen to. This is one of his best songs. He actually recorded a duet with How to Dress Well, which is really, really huh. good. Huh. Uh, but just like the, the way that he incorporates um, harp, it just reminded me a lot of moments on this album. And I just feel like they would... Um, I just feel like they would make such a great pairing. I, I don't know how... I don't know how, like... If their worlds would ever collide, but... Um, mm. You, you never know because I mean, like, I mean, we didn't mention this, but John Darnielle collaborated with Aesop Rock out of all people in the really? past. What, yeah, what was that? Uh, I... He he shows up on uh, on um, None Shall Pass uh, on the album, not the not the track. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it's the track Coffee, if I remember right. 
Well, that uh, is a little. Int- I now need yeah. to listen more closely. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, yeah. So I I also I think before we move on to the next track, I I really I like the space. Like I I like the production that goes on here. That's just like it it has almost like kind of like a vintage tape vibe at times mm-hmm. uh, especially at the beginning and I really like that um, but My Bil- my Boy Builds Coffins is up next and uh, I mean this is it's such a weird song um, just from a lyrical standpoint like we, you know it, it's all about death but it's it's such an interesting take on it uh, and as specifically I just like the way she recites kind of like the way she delivers these lines like similar to um trying to remember i think it was howl that we were talking about that she like manages to cram all these lyrics into uh, like a space and just make it work in a very like rhythmic way uh and this is probably the like apotheosis of that in this album yeah i I mean i i i thought this was almost um a more fitting use of the harp i thought like florence's vocals were almost a bit angelic or like you know more angelic mm. than, than than usual and just it, it, it perfectly paired uh again i didn't look at the lyrics as much on this song but I, I could i could feel i could feel how that would, that would make sense thematically as well hmm i uh i'm trying to remember whether it's this track or hurricane drunk which is the next track but there's a moment i think it's um i think it's hurricane drunk so we just move to that um that there's this moment i think it's like there's a bridge where she actually she sings so loudly that she clips the audio i i I don't know if you could hear that but i always hear it and i love it like i i love how they kept it like that it's just Mm -hmm. oh it's so great um yeah it's it's such a again like the, the the second half of this album is like you know a little less epic but i think there are a little more uh a little more bells and whistles and sort of like more interesting songwriting and sometimes going on mm-hmm. um because like sort of the way this the way hurricane drunk builds up is just it feels a little i don't know it, it feels like almost like lumpier i i i it's such a strange way to describe a song like this <laughs> but it just doesn't have the same like feel to it the way it kind of builds up than other tracks do and then um just the chorus is just you know i'm going out i'm gonna drink myself to death you know it's just like oh damn <laughs> like apparently this whole thing is about uh breaking up with someone only to find them with someone else uh and just the absolute just grief of that um yeah, yeah he, and, and I just again, I mean, there's so many great. Um, this is such great use of instrumentation, different instruments throughout. But the piano mm-hmm. in here, I just love. It's almost pensive, you know, the careful piano melody. I, 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 uh, I, I love how every track is almost a different instrument that shines. But you know, of course, yeah, Florence shines throughout. But I feel like every track there was a different kind of musical focus that that caught my ear. Definitely, definitely. Uh, next track is a uh, blinding, the penultimate track. Uh, this actually used to be like kind of like my least favorite song on the entire album because I, it just felt like I don't know it, it, it in, in like I think at times it felt kind of like the odd man out in this track listing um, it always felt like a little 
too somber for me. Uh, but I, I've really grown to like it. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, it, it's, it's probably the most subtle track out of everything. It's probably the most nebulous when it comes to some of the lyrics. Like there's, um, I think it's like Snow White stitching up the circuit board. And I'm like, I, I didn't even know it was that lyric for the longest time. I just always heard something circuit boards. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I, I don't think of Florence and, and circuits, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, maybe if I can uh, yeah. offer a hypothesis. Uh, I actually think blinding would probably make the... It just... After listening to this a few times, uh, the ending always felt weird to me. I think blinding makes more sense as the the finale. Like this is a big. I'm going to disagree with you. Really? I'm disagree with you I very think, harshly. Because I think it's a big orchestral swell, big drums. You know, I love the or, or, you know orchestration on this track. Just for it, just felt like a finale to me more so than the last track. Honestly, see, um, I I really disagree. I, I guess we'll just talk about it because uh, you've got the love is the last track, which is also a cover uh, by this uh, band called The Source. And apparently this is, like, Florence's favorite song ever. Um, okay, I've never heard the original. <laughs> but I I actually think this is, like, the perfect closer for this album. Because, I, I don't know, it's just, like... I mean, maybe it's just me, but I, I think when I've listened to albums in full, you know, I, there's always kind of a trajectory for them. And a lot of times they tend to end on like a soft note, and I can't stand that. I, I want to have like a really good, happy song to end an album with, and this is it. And like, it, it's just, I don't know, I, I just think it's so such a beautiful track. Uh, and you can really just hear how much she loves this track in a way, in mm. it. Just, um, uh, it, it almost feels like she's like overexcited to sing it at times uh I, I i just i mean i i'm assuming you you don't hate the track but you just think that blinding should be oh no I, I mean i, I didn't really dislike i don't think i disliked any of the tracks on this this yeah. album just for for whatever reason blind like blinding just felt like both the it, it felt like more of a wind down but also finale. i don't know like it, just, it kind of hits See, that I, sweet spot for me i i always felt like it was more of like I see, I I feel like you should never end an album on a soft note. Like, or maybe, maybe that's just me. Like, you yeah, know, I think in, in I think it capacity. depends on the uh, yeah, it depends on the context. But I mean, I don't know. Just, I maybe just in, in this specific context, listening to these tracks, it just for whatever reason that stuck in my head that like this kind of sounds like the like I almost having listened to it, you know, the first time I listened to it all the way through was just put it on, put it in the background. After that played, I thought it was the end. So maybe, mm, I don't know, yeah, maybe I, just... I, it's funny, like, I, I kind of, I think in earlier, like, and I'm talking about, like, years ago when I would listen to this, like, and I specifically, I think part of the reason I disliked Blinding was because my biggest memory of listening to it was driving uh, home from college in it and just, like, or, you know, just, like, commuting, and it was just rainy and gross out, and so I kind of, I think I just kind of mixed the two. But I don't know, I just, like... Blinding kind of fades out in, like, uh, it, it feels like it's a kind of, like, a long fade. Whereas, like, You've Got the Love kind of has, like, this short ending to it. Mm-hmm. Where there's just, like, the, you know, there's a little bit of instrumentation as it dies out. But, I don't know, it, it just feels like such an epic number to end on. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's just me. But, I mean, in general, like I said, I mean, this this is, 
um, it was almost a bittersweet listen because I, I really can't believe it took me this long to listen to it. But I mean, that's one of the things I love about the podcast is it, it gives yeah. me gives me a, like a, a reason to not just listen to something but engage with it more deeply. Um, and this same, is, same here because uh, I really I really enjoyed the album. Oh God, I forget. We listened to High, Highest Hope. Yeah, and I really really like that album. But I, I think this is. Because I remember you you liked it, but not as much as her older stuff, and yeah, I, I can kind of see why. Because this is actually not I I can see why. I just think this is a um, it's like a high watermark. Yeah, I mean, this is just a, just a great great that, album in so many ways. I will say, like all of her albums have a little bit different things going on. Like her uh, the next one after the ceremonials is definitely takes more of a chamber, um, you know, approach to things. So you know, kind of that baroque. Thing turned up even more whereas um how big how blue how beautiful is it feels a little more rock oriented mm-hmm. and then highest hope almost feels like a synthesis of like the last two in a way mm-hmm. uh but with a lot more subtlety to it mm-hmm. um yeah it's i i think she had just has a stellar discography uh, but yeah i mean i you know, I we both fucking love. I I mean, each of these right, our respective albums here. I, I actually really, I mean, I really like Tallahassee. Um, I actually ended up spending like a hundred dollars at Bull Moose uh, just online yesterday, and I completely forgot that I could have just bought Tallahassee too. So, <laughs> so I think fuck me. I, I mean, guess. given the fact I have like an absurd number of Mountain Goat CDs, I I I recommend buying many and often it's yeah. they're, they're a great fan <laughs> yeah i mean i i definitely want to listen to sun's a tree at some point because that's i don't know i've seen like that kind of listed as like the best uh, along with tallahassee so um, yeah i but, think sun's a tree is definitely i mean it's even though it is uh you know more tied to his life so it's kind of a little bit more it's almost sadder just because he's definitely yeah. talking about moments from his childhood but this is just musically it's a lot more uplifting upbeat poppy in a way um yeah but i mean in any case i this i really enjoy doing this uh you know it's not something i think i would always want to do but i think it's cool to kind of take this time you know because i I think sometimes we often forget of why we like the things we like um you know it's just kind of cool to remind yourself of that so um with that let's talk about albums of the week so what, what you what you got uh, this is actually something that I bought in our most recent Bull Moose buys and just listened to the hell out of it over the weekend and then listened to the accompanying album. Uh, not often that I buy EPs, but uh, I've just always been drawn to this band's The Full Length, which was the kind of the swan song for this band. And um, it's interesting because I think... I think this was recorded before, but was released after, and is just billed as a companion EP. So it's interesting to hear the overlap and the differences between the two. And this is uh, the Ox EP, which by Coalesce, oh, okay. uh, which is is obviously a companion to just Ox, Ox. the name of the album. <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I love the just the geometric album cover. Uh, it's just it, it's it, it's what drew me to the album to begin with. Um, and Ox EP is is so. It's, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is basically some of the more heavier tracks, which it's like more groove-oriented, like almost southern 
math core. Like there's there's it's like a, like a, like an every time I die thing, but like but a little like, less weird. Without without yeah, it's it, but it's it's more straightforward. There's not like the, um, it's like true gritty. Not not. I, I like every time I die, so I'm not saying this to be mean, but I feel like yeah. every time I die, it's like a little like almost humorous like they're like it's more fun like wild like we've had some whiskey before we recorded whereas i feel like coalesce like the, the when the southern moments really pop out it's like just gritty you know down and dirty southern rock that that, mm. that creeps in and oxy p has tracks that kind of go in that vein they could definitely fit on the album but there's some more experimental atmospheric almost post metally interludes and kind of different pieces here and there and Honestly, listening to these two releases back to back, it just kind of made me sad that they that they're done. Um, and it was compounded. And the reason that it made me, <laughs> the reason that I decided to you know pull it off the shelf and, and really dive into it this weekend, um, Coalesce randomly posted this past week, like for the first time in God knows how long, just to say they're reviving their Instagram account to post old photos. And, yeah sure yeah and they were like no don't read into this or whatever and i'm like i'm gonna read the fuck into this because you better <laughs> because their earlier stuff was kind of more in the like botch early converge like that kind of um that kind of vein of, of math core which, which is you know there's nothing wrong with that but uh, i just really liked the super unique niche they carved out like you know it's it's groovy but still you know mathy when it needs to be and i love the, the gritty rock angle um yeah, so I, I just am just a big fan, and again, don't usually buy EPs, but this EP, it, 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 it kind of felt like, and I almost prefer when bands release music this way, where it's not like a bunch of bonus tracks that fit, or actually rather don't fit, um, it, it complemented the songwriting process, um, but stood on its own, and it just kind of like was an interesting bonus tracks that you could listen to when you want to because I think something that I really liked about All We Love We, we Leave Behind uh, the Converge album yeah. is the bonus track like the deluxe version they integrated a bunch of singles they recorded around the same time throughout yeah, the track list. Yeah, On My Shield. Yeah, and, yeah. and they position and they fit beautifully like they, they fit perfectly in the track list like I kind of don't like when bands just stick bonus tracks at the end and then it just it just feels just like it doesn't fit it doesn't flow like it's like wait yeah. a second like is this still the album oh wait it's just a bunch of you know, it's just a yeah, bunch of random tracks. A bunch of stupid demos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's funny you talk about sort of companion stuff because I actually just had, um, I, I just finished off my uh, King Crimson album, like collection, the other day. And mm-hmm. uh, I just listened to Thrack, which is considered like, to some, to be like their worst album. It's super good. But there's also a companion album to it called like Vroom Vroom or mm-hmm. something like that. That's supposed to be really good too. And that just, just made me think of that. But it is not my album of the week. My album of the week is something that surprised me because I didn't think it would be my album of the week. And that's um, Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm going to go on a little rant here. I think Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys is, like, might be their worst album, honestly. Really? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be that or or Licensed to Ill, frankly. Um, Like, the... I people really shit on like late Beastie Boys like uh, to the five burrows and like I guess hello nasty a little bit but damn like there are some great tracks there and like unlike Paul's Boutique 
like hello nasty actually feels like a complete thing like it doesn't feel like it's just full of skits which is kind of my big critique of paul's boutique uh if you will uh because just it, like there are tracks in it like um like on paul's boutique like a five-piece chicken dinner which is like i i think it's a great track i love it but it's not really a track it's, it's like an interlude that and it's not really a great one at that <laughs> um you know it's you know and then there are two tracks on it i think um i think ryman and no, not ryman and steel there's so there's looking down the barrel of a gun and there's this other track that sound almost exactly the same even though they're like positioned on different like they're basically on different sides of the album mm-hmm. almost i don't know i've just like I, I i like paul's boutique but man like i just don't see why people love it so much uh, but hello nasty really good has a lot of awesome singles to it i mean intergalactic is probably the biggest one out of all those but you know body moving is is an awesome track too there's just there's a lot to like with it and on top of that it just i think unlike pulse music it feels like a bc boys album like down to the production like it has like this grittiness but you know you're i don't know it just it just feels peak beastie boys because you you know you're pulling from like soul samples but you're also pulling from like a lot of rock and then you're also kind of like this goofiness to it as well i don't know it just it just feels right so i i fucking love this album uh, I still haven't finished it because I have it on my car, but I I enjoy it a lot. So there we go. <laughs> That's that actually piqued my ears up because, uh, as you know, yeah, uh, me, me and Paul's boutique go way back, and it's not a not 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 a, not a lot of good times. I, at, but the thing is, I I don't know if you would you like Hello Nasty. Uh, I mean, I see. I I think it's it's more of a like it's a fuller experience. Like they're like than Paul's boutique, frankly. But um, it's like I, I see, and maybe this is just me reading into it. But I've always found like your distaste for the Beastie Boys to be more about not necessarily their albums as much as it is like their musicianship. That just like I mean like you know that their deliveries aren't always like the best thing. I mean like you know to to people who aren't fans like that it's just they just kind of sound coarse and annoying sometimes. Um, th- th- that's just what I've always seen with you. So I, I mean, I'd say give it a try, but I, I don't know if you're going to like it, frankly. But it's worth, I mean, they're one of those bands that, I mean, so many people, uh, like generally I, I really appreciate, um, Fantano's taste in hip hop and, and, you know, other people who really love the Beastie Boys. So it just, I don't really, I don't get it, but I feel like I... I could slash should. I mean, there's there's been other bands that I there, there's there's actually one Beastie Boys album that you would really like. Uh, it's called well, it's not really an album. It's a compilation. It's called um, Some Old Bullshit, um, and it's literally just all hardcore punk songs from okay. when they used to be a hardcore punk band, I... which is a real thing. Um, they used to be a hardcore punk band before they started rapping, so. <laughs> I can definitely see that, honestly. Like they definitely have that attitude. I mean, like, yeah, you got to fight for your right to party. Is is like, I mean, that's definitely <laughs> that definitely is like a, like a a bunch of of punks decided to write like a hip hop banger. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, 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 that entire album feels like that at times. You got to um, fight. I actually do. I mean, no sleep till burn it. <laughs> I actually like yeah. you got to fight for your right to party just because it's so. I don't yeah. know. Like it's it's such a fun. Like it's really difficult it, to. 
Yeah, it, it's just it's it's like an endearing fun song. But the, yeah. they're just yeah. I mean, it, it's just kind of. I don't know. I, I mean, now I'm having PTSD to when I. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to our Paul's Boutique episode? No, like when. I, like, it was a threat, like a music group I'm in where, like, I. The, the, like, uh, music hot takes, and I said, I just really don't. Like, I, Beastie Boys haven't clicked with me. And just, like, I got absolutely bombarded by. Like, I, <laughs> I, I always forget, like, just how fucking popular they are. Because, like, literally, I was. Yeah. It was me and then, like, five other people who were, like. And then, of course, they're trying to. Like, you, like, we're, we're, we're friends. And you are, uh, you're recommending me, you might like this album for this reason. Whereas some of these, like, one person was like, you should watch this documentary. Like, you should read this biography. (laughs) And I'm like, I just told you I've listened to them many times before and have really not enjoyed it. What makes you think I'm going to buy or, like, you know, take out this book and read, you know, deep dive into their career? Like, I feel like I should, I should enjoy my trip through one album first. Before, before I, you know, De- definitely because um, I, I mean, even then, as like I, I do not blame anybody for not liking the Beastie Boys. I, I, I just like I can't like I, I can definitely see why people are wrangled by them. Like it, I just happen to like them a ton. They're, they're actually, yeah, they're basically the first hip hop act I really got into, uh, because of Sabotage actually because it was on the Guitar Hero Three soundtrack. Yeah, so. Well, it was interesting. Telling you now, it's a sabotage. It was interesting because one of the things people were saying is like, "Why?" Well, I, I like I said, like people talk about them as like the super influential '90s hip hop band, and like I could see that, but just in relation to other '90s hip hop groups, I just I feel like I would rather listen to so many other, yeah, of, you know them. But then they were, they were even arguing like they're not really even a hip hop group, and I'm like, that's interesting because they're like they're, like no, they're like. They are, yeah. Like they obviously they're not in, like the same way. It's kind of like Death Grips you know, isn't necessarily like a true blue hip hop group, but like if you had to put them in a genre, you put them in hip hop. Like you, like, yeah. You put I mean, them... it, it, like I don't know. You, you listen to Enter the Wu Tang. You listen to like License to Ill. Like two very different albums, but I mean, still hip hop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's you know somehow we've gotten to a point where we have genre. We can classify. And, everything but it's like oh no this this is just something completely different and i'm like cory in the house is my favorite anime and bc <laughs> boys is my favorite free jazz band oh man <laughs> and i think with that yeah i was gonna say that, that, that that's a good quote to end on yeah okay uh thanks for listening this long and we'll talk to you next week all right bye bye Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.